Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm Christian Blood, KTSA News, and this is the Jack Riccardi Show. Oh, man, I had a very humbling experience last night. I got to tell you about this, because you and I were talking yesterday about the cold weather, and you were saying you like to you like to look in on places you used to live to see, you know... Comparatively yep. speaking, how bad it is. Yep. But I'm sure you noticed when you left work last night. I mean, it, it, oh. that wind was unbelievable. You know what's funny is I walked outside at about 1.40 yesterday. I grabbed lunch, and it was still kind of a semi-balmy 60. One too bad. Yeah, yeah it was like it's typical. Now, we knew what was coming, but I felt zero evidence. Yeah. Went outside at about 2.40. We had dropped 12 degrees. Yeah. In less than an hour, and I think I clocked it from about two until six yesterday, about a thirty degree drop. So. I went out to the Pearl last night and mm-hmm. uh, had dinner, and the plan was to uh, walk around a little bit afterwards. <laughs> oh, I, sure. I, I got about a block, <laughs> and I've never, I've never shaken like that in my life. I, I felt like the oldest man in the world. I, I felt like I needed a lap blanket and a, you know. A bowl of gruel. I, and I feel, and people look at you because they're like, but you're from the Northeast. I'm like, I know, but something's happened. I've been down here. I don't know. My blood's thinned out or something. I've, <laughs> I've lost my whatever I had. You, if you're, if you live here long enough, you lose that immunity or whatever the hell it is when you live up north. It would never have bothered me like that. I couldn't I, do it. I spent some time in Des Moines and yeah. Missouri. I never had that immunity. That's why I'm here. Oh, <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I'm I, I there is no there's no place in the world I'd rather live than right here, but I, I will tell you that was that was something else last night. Um well, you know, as we as we get ready to end the year, you may be asking yourself, as we all do, um, you know, what will next year bring? And the short answer is probably a lot more of what we've had this year. I want to play this for you. This is the this is the chief public health officer of Canada. Her name is Dr. Teresa Tam. So she's the Rochelle Walensky of, of Canada. And if you could see her, I'm going to play you the video, but if you could see the video, you would say that we got a better deal with Rochelle Walensky. But anyway, anyway, this is a video that she made to promote Canadians keeping up to date on Keeping your mask on, don't take that mask off, and get your boosters, get all your boosters, booster up. Um, so to do that, Dr. Teresa Tam enlists a little celebrity help. She makes a phone call, and here it is, cut number seven. Well, kids, I'm just doing my yearly call to the North Pole for Santa's holiday health check. <laughs> Why, hello, Dr. Tam. (laughs) Mrs. Claus, so good to see you again. Where did Santa go? Oh, Santa was late for snow yoga with the elves and reindeer. He says it's great cross-training for sleigh driving. (laughs) Sounds fun. Are you all set for the holiday season? Of course. I, I must say, Dr. Tam, it just warms my heart to see everyone in Canada, especially kids, working so hard to keep the holidays safe and cheerful for all. Oh. So am I, Mrs. Claus. 
every child in Canada has definitely earned a place on the nice mm. list that parents and caregivers too. It's mm. been a tough season with lots of viruses making people sick. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, Santa and I are feeling as healthy as ever. Mm -hmm. We are both up to date with our vaccinations, oh, including COVID boosters and flu shots. Yes, of course. That's so good to hear. I always tell Santa to make a list and check it twice. One, stay up to date on your vaccinations. <laughs> Two, wear a mask in crowded indoor places and make sure it fits nice and snug. Three, wash your hands to the tune of jingle bells, jingle mm. bells, jingle all no, the way. No, I won't, no. Great advice. Great voice, too. Also, you can be sure to stay at home if you're feeling sick. And mm. if you're gathering indoors with other people or elves, open a door or a window. With for oh. a few minutes at a time yeah. to let in I'm gonna do that tonight. Yeah. The more items you check off the list, the more mm. protected you are. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can think of it like decorating a tree. You need tinsel, lights, ornaments, and the star on top. The oh. tree is at its best when all the decorations are up and nicely oh. layered. Thanks, Mrs. Claus. Happy holidays, everyone. I, uh, I don't think that was Mrs. Claus. I mean, I... I can't prove it, but I'm pretty sure that was a fraud. She sits on a throne of lies, with apologies to Elf. So apparently, um, Saturday Night Live has moved to Canada. Apparently, um, it, when we were kids, it was the naughty and nice list. Now, it's the masked and unmasked list. Or maybe it's the um, who listens to public radio and who listens to Joe Rogan list. I don't know. It's different for kids now. Um, how'd you like Santa Claus not being able to take the call because he was doing snow yoga? <laughs> if I thought Santa, if I thought Santa Claus did snow yoga, I'd be done with that whole scene. I'll tell you right now. Um, neither of them look very healthy, by the way. If you watch the video, so I'm, I'm not sure this is a good argument for uh, for any of this. But um, yeah, that was made by the Canadian government with Canadian tax dollars. It's good to know that. They're wasting their people's money just as fast as our government's wasting ours. Um, but yeah, you gotta love, you gotta love the whole thing, right? The whole insinuation of, well, we, we, we're, you know, we'll, we'll use whatever we can use. Let's use the, let's use Santa Claus. Yeah, let's, let's do that. I must say, Dr. Tam, it just mm. warms my heart to see mm. everyone in Canada, especially kids, working mm. so hard to keep the holidays safe and yeah. cheerful for all. I remember when I was a kid, I always wanted to keep the holidays safe. That was the most important thing to me. Uh, 210-599-5555. Um, we didn't uh, bother with this too much yesterday, but before the show yesterday, President Biden gave another unity speech. You know, no matter how many unity speeches he gives, it's not, it's not working. Um, and it's not working because he's uh, not President Unity. Um, he might as well give speeches about youth. Uh, because he has about as much to say about youth as he has about unity. But anyway, um, he, uh, he laments what's become of the country. He feels just terrible about what's happened to our politics. Cut number eight. Our politics has gotten so angry, mm. so mean, so partisan. Yeah. And too often we see each other as enemies, not as neighbors, mm -hmm. as Democrats or Republicans, mm. not as fellow Americans. Yeah. We've become too divided. Mm. Was that like when you were telling people that uh, didn't like uh, your uh, your uh, voting thing that they were on the side of uh, Bull Connor? <laughs> or 
Or was that when your administration was calling uh, parents domestic terrorists? Or when you were threatening to meet your political opponents out behind the gym to beat them up? Or you called the guy in Iowa, listen, fat. So, I don't know. I, I it's To me, it's just funny. I'm not angry about it or anything. But um, it figures that they probably have polls or focus groups that say people, everyday people are disturbed and disappointed and dismayed at the division. And, and, and so if you talk about it, you'll show that you get that. But what he doesn't realize is that when he talks about it, it just reminds us uh, that he, he, he's played a part in it. I'm not putting it all on him, but he's played a part in it. Uh, one of the big speeches this week was the president of Ukraine. Uh, we talked about that. And remember in the speech, um, President Zelensky at one point talked about how his people, the people of his country, were celebrating Christmas by candlelight because the war has cut power to so much of uh, his country. So this genius governor of Washington State, Jay Inslee, thought it would be a good idea to um, tweet out a picture of his Christmas tree um, with the lights out, the lights off. And he wrote, Our Christmas tree lights are out today to express our solidarity with the courageous people of Ukraine whose light inspires the world. Congress should listen to Zelensky with both ears. Imagine thinking that you are helping by turning your Christmas lights off. This is what I, this is what I, I think I, I feel most sad about in terms of the way our country is today. We used to know, and, and I think most of us still do, but Americans used to know how to respond. And this guy's a leader, you know? He's the governor of a state. And he thinks not having the lights on is a response. It, you know, I, I get when you when you don't have any power and you change your profile picture to the flag of Ukraine, you think that's all you can do. Uh, whatever, okay. But uh, honest to God, I mean, in his own state, there are people whose lights are off because they can't afford the electricity bill. How about listening to them with both ears? I don't know. I just do, do you think it would make people in Ukraine feel better if they knew that some some jack wagon in the United States had turned his Christmas light off? I, I don't. I don't think so. Like I don't think that's more of the uh, more deprivation is not solidarity. That's just more deprivation. That's just virtue signaling. I don't know if I'm saying it clearly or not, but we, we've got to figure out how to do things in support of what we believe. If you believe in something, that's not that's just a gesture. That's not support. That's not advancing it. Your, your lights are off. No one no one knows why they're off. No one cares that they're off unless we're in your living room. So we'll talk about some of that stuff going on here. And we have a new JR poll. Um, I wanted to mention this too, and we'll talk about it more later in the show, but there was, um, a little sad news, uh, today. I just, I learned this this morning. Um, one of the greatest, uh, American, uh, in my opinion, uh, one of the great American songwriters and arrangers and producers ever, Tom Bell, who was a big part of what they call the Philly Soul Sound. Uh, back in the, uh, particularly back in the, in the seventies. Uh, he's passed away. He was 79, uh, years old. And even if that name doesn't sound familiar to you, everyone's heard, uh, the musical genius of Tom Bell. For example, cut number nine. 
right, so we're going to talk about him uh, coming up on the show and, and remember some of the great music Tom Bell gave us, a real legend, dozens of great songs that people have fallen in love to and enjoyed, and I, some of my favorite songs. I was very sorry to hear that uh, news about Tom Bell this, uh, this morning is when I heard it. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows that is such a good a song. Turkey and some you know, there's somebody somewhere that wanted to cancel it because of Eskimos, but but you can't, right? You, you can't. You can't. You couldn't have Christmas without that song, my opinion. Tiny tots. I um, I've actually had a couple of emails from people wanting us to replay the the call to uh, the North Pole, the Canadian call to the North Pole. We may have to play that again. Uh, uh, Jeff says that's the funniest thing that's been on your show all year. <laughs> Thank God we got it in. Um, 210-599-5555. On the JR poll, kind of a goofy question. I, I'm i only just realizing now, I, I guess I should have known this, I guess there are people that really hate gingerbread. Is this a thing? I didn't know that. I mean, I'm not a big sweets eater, but I like you know I like Christmas cookies, and I like gingerbread. Um, it's the only time of year I have it. The only time of year I see of it or even think of it is, is now, but... Um, apparently, I, I was looking into this, and there's a lot of people that really like. They just find it nauseating. Um, you think you think that's because it seems like nowadays all products have some kind of gingerbread flavor in it. You think? Maybe, oh, like the pumpkin spice yeah, thing. I don't know kind of, if you can handle if you can handle that fakey pumpkin spice flavor, which <laughs> I think is like a chemical. Uh, it's like it's like drinking something from Dupont. <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't be able to have a gingerbread cookie. I think they're delicious. So you don't want yours? I'll take it. You know. Anyway, that's our that's kind of our stupid, goofy end of the year poll question today. Uh two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. All right. This, this is a, this is kind of serious. I wanna I wanna tell you a story. Um there was a woman the other day um standing outside uh an abortion clinic in England. Um just just standing. Uh one one person her name is um, Isabel Von Spruce. She was alone. She did not have a sign or a weapon or a megahorn or anything. She was not obstructing the door to the abortion clinic. She was on a public right-of-way. Looks like she's standing near some hedges. And she was arrested for um, standing outside of this uh, clinic. And um, it's the, the audio is not very good, so I'm not going to play the audio, but um, the police officer comes up to her and asks her what she's doing, and he establishes that she doesn't live around there. Uh, she's not waiting for a bus or an Uber or something. Um, she's aware that it's an abortion clinic. He says, um, are you praying? Because she's not doing anything. She's not making any, any noise. She's not gesticulating. He says, are you praying? Which I think is a very strange question for a police officer to be asking. 
And she says, I'm praying in my head. And he tells her, you can't be doing that here. There is a public space protection order for abortion clinics in the city of Birmingham. And um, he arrests her. She is just standing there, praying in her head. Now, I am not, I'm a pro-life person. I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think it's a good strategy. I don't think it's a good, um, you know, tactic for pro-life people to hassle, obstruct, lecture, preach to people going into an abortion clinic. If somebody's on their way into an abortion clinic, um, that the, the last thing they need is is some stranger telling them what they should do. That, that's how I feel. You may disagree. We can respectfully disagree. But I don't think there should be anything wrong with a silent vigil or a prayer chain or, for crying out loud, one woman praying. You know, we lionize in our society, we hero, um, iconize people that show dignity under duress, whether it's Rosa Parks, whether it's people at a lunch counter during segregation, whether it's a black student walking through a line of National Guardsmen to um, desegregate a public school or university. I'm wondering why we are not bothered, as I think someday we will be when we look back on a story like this. Let me ask you a few questions about this lady named Isabel. Do you think this is going to happen here? Do you think what happened to her is going to happen here? If you're an atheist, and I'm not going to argue with you about something that deep and profound. This is a talk show. I mean, you know, come on. But if you are an atheist, do you do you agree with this? Do you do you agree with arresting somebody who's praying silently? Oh, or if you're pro let's say you're pro choice. Okay, you 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 hate the Dobbs decision and you you liked Roe v. Wade and you want women to have access to abortion. But are you okay with arresting Isabel? And you can say to me, well, Jack, maybe you don't know all the details. Yeah, maybe I don't. But I'm going to say for the purposes of this discussion, from everything I've been able to glean from the articles I've read, she was silently praying. She was standing there thinking prayer thoughts on the sidewalk near the door of an abortion clinic. You would walk right by her and probably not even notice her. Somebody noticed her, called the police. The police officer is very polite. It, it appears to me he's a little uneasy. But my question is, is this, is this what we've become? And, and I wanted to bring up the atheism and the pro-life pieces of it because I, I'm hoping that people will say, you know, even if I disagree with her faith, I don't share it. Or even if I am, am totally the polar opposite of her politically, I'm not good with this. Let's not do this. I'd like to think that's that's something we could agree on. 
KTSA, Jack Riccardi. Friday show means the dish coming up after six. We'll talk restaurants. And in honor of our Arctic weather, we're going to be talking about uh, your favorite cold weather uh, recipes and cold weather dishes. And um, I actually posted a recipe uh, if you want to check it out at KTSA.com. Um, and I've got some others I'll mention, but I put one up there if you want to try this one out. It's a crock pot recipe, so you've got to be patient, but it's, it is worth it. Trust me, if you make this, you will be happy. You will be happy with me. You will be happy you learned this recipe. You will like it. Um, last night, by the way, uh, big thanks to Don Cooper, our producer. He does an incredible job uh, on our uh, Worst Christmas Song Countdown. That is, that is more work for him, way more work for him uh, than it is uh, for me. So I hope you enjoyed that last night, our annual uh, countdown to the worst Christmas song. Don, I only wish you had produced the actual song. It might have come out better if you'd been involved in that process. But, well, that uh, would have, you think, well, no. You don't, you, don't, you don't think you could have saved it? You know? Well, it wasn't so much that. I was I was thinking mailbox money, but I, I don't think there's any money to be made off that song. I don't, don't think it's no, worthy no. of making money. You know what's funny, it. though? <laughs> we, had, we had a lot of compliments, and people love it. And I always have a bunch of people who write to me and say, I don't read them every year because they're the same every year, but I always have a bunch of people that write to me and go, you know, I thought you were full of it when you were promoting this, or I thought you were exaggerating, or I, I couldn't believe, you know, you just made it sound so bad, and then I heard it, and oh my gosh, you, you, were, you weren't kidding. I mean, <laughs> it lives up to its hype, and I know a lot of mm-hmm. things don't, mm-hmm. but it, it really turns out to be when you hear it as bad as you, as you thought. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's... You know, some people out there that are listening or had been listening when we were we were promoting the program, yeah, and they wanted yeah. to know what is the song. But the thing is, oh, though, yeah, you, you can't oh, do that. You you no. literally have to I hear the song. I had a bunch of people, and I tried to be it. nice about it. I and this this happened more this year than it's ever happened before. I had a bunch of people. Could you just tell me the song? This was like in in the last several days, <laughs> and, and no, I can't. And here's why I can't. First of all, you won't know it. You, you haven't heard it before. Oh, but is it, is it, and they would name some, you know, crappy Christmas song. I'm like, no, it's not. That, we wouldn't make a whole hour out of telling you that Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer is a bad song or, you know, All I Want for Christmas or something. I said, no, no, you, you don't, just, you got to hear it. It's, yeah. it's not on the radio anywhere. And then they would be like, well, could you just send, send me the title? I'm like, it's not going to do you any good. <laughs> Nobody else plays it. I think they're looking and for the obvious. Finally, I got, with a few people, I got kind of mad. I'm like, look, <laughs> you, you know, we're doing a show, okay? I don't want to tell you what it is. I mean, do you, do you call ESPN and go, hey, I don't have time to watch Sports Center. Can you just read me the score over the phone? Like, no, you gotta, you got to listen to the show. So it's, it's available. If you didn't hear it last night, it's available on the podcast. There you go. And, um, you know, I, I, I try to be nice, but, I mean, come on. No, you, we got to have our fun here. You have, to hear, you have to hear it to believe it. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be, like, if I told you about it, that wouldn't, that wouldn't cut the mustard. You you really do. You have to hear it. You have to be there. <laughs> you might wish you weren't there afterwards, but uh, but you have to be there. Um, all right. So back to this woman in the UK. Um, I, I, as far as I can tell, this story is on the up and up, and I don't think there is a uh, like a piece that if we knew it would change our entire perception of it. Um. She's a woman standing uh, on, the, on a public sidewalk uh, near an abortion clinic in Birmingham, England, one of the biggest cities in England. And um, my name is Isabel Spruce. She um, is approached by a police officer, and, and presumably either someone has called the police or perhaps the police keep an eagle eye out around the abortion clinic. 
So they approach her, and what are you doing here? And do you live in this neighborhood? Nope, nope. Um, are you going into this business? Nope. Um, he asks her, are you, are you praying? Now, at this point, we've just crossed over into Never Never Land because um, are you praying? Better never be a question that is routinely asked by law enforcement. He asks her that. She says, I may be praying in my head or I am praying in my head, something like that. And in fact, according to witnesses, she wasn't saying anything out loud. She wasn't protesting in a visual or gesticulating kind of way. She didn't have a sign. By the way, I'm not saying those things would have been wrong either, but she wasn't doing any of those things. And they said that she was breaking a public space protection order for uh, her silent prayer near the abortion facility in Birmingham. And she had been there before. And I, I guess I just am curious. I, I, I don't, I don't need a bunch of people who are pro-life to call and go, oh, this is terrible. I, I know that you know that. I know that you feel that way. I feel that way. I'm just curious if, if, if you're an atheist or an agnostic and prayer means nothing to you or you, you scorn it or you don't believe in it or what, whatever, whatever your reasons are. And I don't want to debate you on that. Are you okay with this? Like, is this, what you want done in your name? If you are pro-choice, you want that abortion clinic open. You believe women need to have that option or that choice. Are you okay with this? And somebody, when I was talking about this earlier today, somebody said kind of flippantly, and they gave me an idea. I'm just going to throw this out. Maybe I'll get in trouble for saying this. I don't know. It's a good day to say stuff like that because I don't think management is listening. So, Somebody said to me very flippantly, they wouldn't have arrested somebody who was praying a Muslim prayer. And then I had an idea, and I'm just going to throw this out. I know a lot of Muslim people are aghast at abortion. I don't know if they arrive at their position the same way I do as a Catholic, but but this is not okay. Maybe the pro-life movement needs to enlist more people of more faith communities so that they can't hang this on the Catholics and the Christians alone. Because they do have a hard time, the government, they do have a hard time, the politicians, Right? With Islam. They walk on eggshells with Islam. You don't hear about Islamic cake bakers or Islamic photographers being made to do the wedding. You don't. And I'm not, I'm not complaining when I say that. I'm just observing when I say that. That's just an observation. But they have no problem. Today's crop of politicians, they have no problem putting Christians down. And telling us that what we believe in and what our, what our conscience tells us has no place. Not, I'm not asking them to agree with me. I'm just saying, hey, I, I, I belong in the public square too. This lady belongs in the public square too. So maybe you need to get a, a multi-faith coalition so that the idea of, of standing up for life isn't just on one. Cause I know it's not only Christians who feel this way. I know that's true. It's, it's not. 
Just a thought. 210-599-5555. guy named Ted Rawl, who I don't often agree with, but um, is a col- columnist and cartoonist and commentator. and uh, He wrote a piece in the Wall Street Journal a couple of days ago entitled, Can't Both Sides Back Free Speech? And it made me think uh, about this in a way I had not before. He cited a poll that said 91% of Americans think free expression is essential to democracy. 91%. But most of us find it easier to make exceptions for speech we disagree with. Then he talks about how Elon Musk uh, got a lot of complaints when he suspended the accounts of journalists at the New York Times and the Post and CNN. Uh, conservatives pointed out that the same media organizations were silent or approving when Twitter banned the New York Post, etc., etc. Uh, Twitter and other social media companies, he writes, have deplatformed numerous figures on the right, including Mike Lindell and, of course, Donald Trump. Uh, Twitter has used algorithms to shadow ban conservatives and tens of thousands of anti-vaxxers, uh, etc., etc. He says you can't remain silent while others are getting censored and then expect sympathy when it happens to you. You can't remain silent while others are getting censored and then expect sympathy when it happens to you. And that was the line that arrested me when I was reading this. Now, it's not profound. I mean, it's obvious. But it's also something that you now have to actually say. If, if something is a right, I'm going to paraphrase. If something is a right, then it's a right. It's not sometimes a right. It's not a right for some people. It's not a right on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And that's what we're doing right now. We're extolling the virtues of free speech and democracy, and then we are trashing them. He wrote, Had I written this essay at another time, say the peak of hysteria that followed 9-11, I could have constructed the narratives in reverse. Left-wing critics of George W. Bush's administration were censored and fired from their jobs while conservatives looked the other way or expressed approval. Some of the liberals who chuckled to themselves as Mr. Trump and his supporters were memory-hold might have been influenced by residual schadenfreude. I'll I'll give him that. I mean, there's no doubt that at some time in the past, and even now maybe, there are conservatives that are having a good laugh about this CNN person or this New York Times person. Um, I think boycotts, deplatforming, bans, uh, cancellations, um, and all of that, are they're like the junk food of democracy. You know, what does junk food do for you? When you're hungry and you eat junk food, you are temporarily not hungry anymore. But are you satisfied? No. Is is a bag of chips as satisfying as a, as a nice home-cooked meal? No. And you you eventually even feel remorse. You feel worse. Like now I not not only am I not satisfied, but now I have like a stomach ache or whatever. That's, that's what I think we're doing right now. We're indulging in the junk food of democracy. Bans and revenge bans, and now it's happening to you. Look, it happened to us, and now it's happening to you. This is the junk food of, of democracy. And so his point is, if we think these things are important, and everybody says that, 
then they have to be important all the time for everybody. And um, the, the best thing Elon Musk has done is pull back the curtain on what was going on in there. That, that is literally the most powerful, significant event of 2022 because it took something that has been debated and asserted and alleged for a long time, and, and, and now there's no denying it. The worst thing Elon Musk has done with Twitter is act like they did before he bought them. There's no point. There's no, there's, this, this just doesn't ever end. It just never ends. It never, it never gets anywhere. It never gets us anywhere. I think he's right. You gotta, and, and I mean, this was something they taught us in school that in order to really support free speech, you have to support speech you hate or loathe or are offended by or find disgusting. You have to tolerate it. You have to say, look, it's got a place in the public square. I'm going to avert my eyes. I'm going to close my ears to it. I don't want any part of it. But if I can be in the square, they can be in the square. And it was very a very powerful lesson when I was a kid. There was a story about how the ACLU in the 70s uh, took up the cause and defended a, 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 a neo-Nazi group that wanted to march, and I think, in fact, did march through a predominantly Jewish suburb of, of Chicago to the, to the horror and offense of the people who lived there. But the ACLU's point was, we can't start making exceptions for something that isn't supposed to have any exceptions. But now we've made a ton of, of exceptions. And we're telling ourselves we have to. I mean, you, ha- you hear people say, grown adults say, the government needs to police speech. That is a dystopian horror story for people that have lived in countries that don't have free speech. We who have it are throwing that idea around like, hey, we like to try that out. But we wouldn't. You would hate to live under that if you actually ever did. I think he's got a great point, and I and I want to ask you about that as well as the lady outside the clinic. Say Jack here, late afternoon show. The dish coming up, and also your favorite cold weather uh, recipe. We did this. This is the last time we had the big uh, snowcopalypse or whatever it was called uh, back in 2021. Um, we'll talk about some of the things you like to. What 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 are your comfort food go tos when we get this kind of cold weather? Because we're going to have another very cold night tonight, and we're going to start to warm up uh, tomorrow afternoon on into the uh, on into the weekend. Uh, 210 599 We've been talking a little bit about free speech. And, uh, you know, the, the thing that I guess made sense to me when I was growing up was the idea that anything that's a right is, um, is complicated. 
And when you declare something and recognize something is a right, you are going to have to uh, hold your nose for some of the ways in which that is um, exercised. That's why it's not a, a privilege or a license. You can you can tailor. If you say something is a privilege, if you make something a privilege, like in your family, like using the car or you know whatever it is, sitting in your favorite chair, you you can make all the rules. You can design the experience, and every second of it is under your control. The thing about rights is that they don't work that way. And we're in trouble if people who have opinions are deplatformed and and kicked out of the public square because they don't stop having the opinion when you do that. It just goes somewhere where where sunlight can't get at it. It goes somewhere where it doesn't get challenged or debated. You know, when somebody stands in front of the Alamo and starts spewing or spouting, they can be challenged, and it often happens. I've seen it happen. I'm talking about back when you could be in front of the Alamo, obviously. Not currently, but, um, you know, remember when, remember when you'd get down there to take a picture or to show somebody around and there'd be, you know, there'd be people on, you know, standing over here and a guy standing on a bench over there and the end is coming or they'd be preaching or they'd be talking about fluoride or whatever their cause was. And, you know, you could, you could laugh about it. You could ignore it. But I also, on a number of occasions, I saw people get engaged. How do you know? Where is your proof? What about this? That's actually healthy. Not that you want people to get into a fistfight or something, but that's actually healthy. When, when those people with their ideas feel like they're being driven into the dark corners, they still have those ideas. But in the dark corners, they don't get challenged. 210-599-5555. I also, to me, it's kind of like um, you're showing how strong you are. Like when you're able to tolerate, and I don't mean that you have to let somebody in your house that you find obnoxious, and I don't mean that you have to let somebody on your Facebook page say crazy stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm I'm not talking about your stuff. I'm talking about the world or the, the country, when we can't stand somebody that wants to have a different treatment for COVID or wants to have a different theory about the election or wants to have a When we say we can't stand that, that's weakness. That's not strength. I don't want to hear this complaint about, oh, well, it might confuse people. You, you do realize that there are libraries Full of books. There's an internet full of opinions and documents and assertions. And will people get confused? Yes, every day people get confused. That is a lame excuse for thought police, speech police. Oh, we're just trying to keep people from being confused. You know, who defines confusion versus alternate point of view? I mean, I hear people I disagree with, and some of them sound confused. But they have a right to be. I can say it, but they can be confused. 210-599-5555. Can't both sides 
back free speech, asks the Wall Street Journal. I think they're right. We'll talk about that. Uh, really, uh, want to tell you an interesting story coming up after the news. You remember Azra Nomani, who we've had on the show many times before to talk about critical race theory and merit, uh, based schools and schooling. Uh, she found out something absolutely whack that has been going on for the last two years. She just found out about it. I don't have her on the show today. I didn't want to bother her this close, uh, to Christmas, but we are going to tell her story. So how do you feel about gingerbread? Are you, are you a, an objector? Oh no, I love ginger in any form. Yeah, I do too, actually. Yeah. I mean, ginger and, you know, ginger, uh, as a spice added to food or ginger ale or ginger beer, gingerbread cookies. Apparently some people really hate gingerbread, you know? There's some people who hate licorice, but I love it. I don't yes, know what their problem is. I do too. So. I do too. What is something that most people like that you can't stand? <laughs> you, Jack. Oh. No. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. Yes. Uh, that other people like that I don't. You know, I've got a weird, I won't get into the weeds on this, but I do have a love-hate relationship. Well, I won't say love, but a complicated relationship with tomatoes. Oh, okay. So. I've heard people say that. I've heard people say that. I I know people that won't eat onions in any form, Uh, cooked or raw, tomatoes. Garlic, onions, I love. I don't understand how you could not love onions. Yeah, I'm really not too sure about that either. My daughter pointed out one time, she said, um... Because she came in the kitchen when I was cooking, and she said, you realize everything you make starts with you uh, sautéing onions? And oh, really, uh, yeah, about 95% of everything I ever cook starts with, that's the first step. Likewise, yep. Yeah. That's the everything foundation. except apple pie. So. <laughs> right. All right, so our gingerbread question on the JR poll, not our, not our most controversial uh, question ever, but um, and because we've had so many uh, calls for it, um, here once again is the chief health officer of Canada putting a quote unquote phone call in to the North Pole. Take a listen. Well, kids, I'm just doing my yearly call to the North Pole for Santa's holiday health check. <laughs> Why, hello, Dr. Tam. Mrs. Claus, so good to see you again. Where did Santa go? Oh, Santa was late for snow yoga with the elves and reindeer. He says it's great cross-training for sleigh driving. Sounds fun. Are you all set for the holiday season? Of course. I, I must say, Dr. Tam, it just warms my heart to see everyone in Canada, especially kids, working so hard to keep the holidays safe and cheerful for all. So am I, Mrs. Claus. Every child in Canada has definitely earned a place on the nice list. Their parents and caregivers, too. It's been a tough season with lots of viruses making people sick. Thankfully, Santa and I are feeling as healthy as ever. We are both up to date with our vaccinations, including COVID boosters and flu shots. That's so good to hear. I always tell Santa to make a list and check it twice. Mm. One. Stay up to date on your vaccinations. <laughs> Two, wear a mask in crowded indoor places and make mm-hmm. sure it fits nice and snug. Three, wash your hands to the tune of jingle uh, bells, jingle bells, no. jingle all the way. Great advice. Great voice, too. Also, you can be sure to stay at home if you're feeling sick. And if you're gathering indoors with other people or else, open a door or a window for a few minutes at a time to let mm. in some fresh air. Yeah. The more items you check off the list, 
the more protected you are. Yes, you can think of it like decorating a tree. You need tinsel, no. lights, ornaments, nope. and the star on top. Nope. The tree is at its best when nope. all the decorations are up and nicely layered. Thanks, Mrs. Claus. Happy mm -hmm. holidays, everyone. How dare you, Canada? How dare you? How dare, I'm, ready. I'm, I'm ready for the South Park War on Canada. You know, I'm ready. How dare they? First of all, can we talk? C clearly, Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus are the last people in the world that would participate in this charade. You can't live more off the grid than the clauses do. I mean, they live at the North Pole. You can't go further away from the nanny state than that. Can, can we agree on that? Okay. Secondly, it's so damn cold up there, they're not catching anything. Okay. Thirdly, why does Mrs. Claus have like a fakey-sounding Irish... Accent, like what? what how, how's that? How did that happen? Did you notice that she can't decide if she's from Fargo or County Clare? Like what? What? And, and I mean, this is the Canadian government. They obviously spent some money on this. This is the best you can come up with. I mean, even the 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 the, um, the sound effect she's calling out on like a seventies princess phone with the, <laughs> the buttons being pushed. I don't know. Yeah, no, no. I'm going to have to say I don't think that really was Mrs. Claus. But uh, I'm not saying I don't believe. I just don't believe that was her. You know, I th when I think of Mrs. Claus, you know what I like? Have you seen the commercial? And I know it's a commercial, but have you seen the, the I think it's a Mercedes commercial where Santa Claus forgets the puppy? You know the one I'm talking about? He's He's driving around in a Mercedes Benz, so okay. But he gets to this little girl's house, and he can't find the puppy. And it's a little weird, because she's awake and looking out the window at him, none of which, you know, that's not how any of this works. But anyway, she's looking out the window, and he doesn't have the puppy, and he looks chagrined, and Mrs. Claus rolls up at the last minute. She found the puppy back at the North Pole, and she drove up. That lady, that looks like Mrs. Claus. You know? She's kind of like a youngish... Was kind of like a, I don't know. It was like a, like a youngish Helen Mirren, you know. Like I could see that, but th this this uh, B grade actor on this phone call with Doctor Tam, no. Mrs. Claus, no. so good to see you again. No. Where did Santa go? Oh, Santa was late for mm. snow yoga with the elves yeah. and reindeer. He says it's great nope. cross training for snow. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. What the hell is snow yoga? No. Sounds fun. You know what they'll do next if they haven't already done it? Don't you think it's it, sooner or later Santa Claus is going to be slimmed down, right? He's going to be all fit and vegan looking. They're going to do that. They're going to try to ruin that too. I, I, I predict in the coming years that'll be next. We can't have a Santa Claus that's morbidly obese and clearly uh, indulges in unhealthy food and unhealthy lifestyle. Yeah, he needs to do snow yoga and Pilates. And, and he'll drive. He'll drive a, what was that? He'll drive an electric sled. He'll drive an electric well. car. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good grief. All right. So maybe I'm not in favor of free speech now after all. All right. Um, it's a pretty amazing story. Osra Nomani's been on our show many times before. Uh, she's a, a mom in Fairfax County, Virginia. She w was a liberal and I, I think probably in many ways still is a liberal uh, who at one time would never have considered coming on a 
dreadful show like this one, but we have found common ground over the war on merit and critical race theory. Her uh, family is affiliated with a very prestigious, um, uh, I guess what you'd call a um, magnet school. It's a, it's a nationally known science magnet school in Virginia called Thomas Jefferson High School. And she's been fighting the things they've been doing to uh, reduce and inhibit the meritocracy of it. Well, she um, found out, or I guess somebody found out and told her, that in the last two years, when students have made, have earned national merit scholar recognition, the school has withheld the information from them. The school is not telling the students that they got it because it is part of the we don't want to hurt the feelings of others or suggest that some students are better than others. And because the students did not know they had the recognition, they were not able to use the recognition on their collegiate um, applications. So, first of all, it's not the school's property. It isn't their prerogative. If you've earned something, you've earned it. <laughs> they didn't earn it. You earned it. That would be like an employer saying, we're going to not pay you everything because we don't want you to have too much money in your pocket at one time or something like that. I mean, it's it's not their thing to withhold. But also... So b- besides the outrage that students have been essentially cheated and have had something they could have bragged about to a potential college and didn't know and didn't use it, but the other piece of this is the whole we don't want to hurt feelings and we don't want to raise um, one person above another. I find that very interesting. Because aren't the schools telling us that the reason trans students have to be able to go into the locker room of choice is because they would be hurt? Aren't the schools the ones telling us that a boy needs to be able to run in the girls' track event because it would hurt him if you said no? In other words, if they're into the hurt feelings thing, then why were they willing to hurt the feelings and, in fact, the educational prospects of their national merit students? I mean, there's a lot you could find fault with here. There's a lot wrong with this. And Osra Nomani goes after them uh, like crazy. She's just furious. She had a whole uh, Twitter thread that ran uh, night before last. And uh, she's going to give them hell for this. You, you, you do not want to be. She's a lovely person. We love having her on the show. I can tell by talking to her, you would not want to be her enemy. You, you would not want to be on the wrong side of Osra Nomani or her family. But um, that's, that's what's going on. That's what's going on. So apparently the one kind of student whose feelings don't mean bleep is the student that studies hard, does all the assignments, keeps his mouth shut and pays attention in class, um, you know, goes the extra mile, does the extra credit, takes the advanced courses even though he doesn't have to. His feelings or her feelings, the hell with you. But everybody else, it's all about the feelings. How do you feel? Who do you feel like? Which gender do you feel like? What pronouns would you like? They can't accommodate you enough unless you're working your butt off.
Then all of a sudden they seem to get very tough. <laughs> no feelings at all. The holly green, the ivy green, the prettiest picture you've ever seen is Christmas in Killarney with all of the folks at home. It's nice to know to kiss your bow while cuddling under the mistletoe. And Santa Claus, you know, of course, is one of the boys from home. The door is always open, the neighbors pay a call, and Father John, before he's gone, will bless the house and all. How grand it feels to click your heels and join in the fun of the jigs and reels. I'm handing you no blarney, the likes you've never known is Christmas in Killarney with all of the folks at home. Some of my favorite Christmas songs that you almost never hear. It's on the White Christmas album, too. Uh, Christmas in Killarney, Bing Crosby. Who never did, who never did snow yoga, if that even is a thing. Yeah. 210-599-5555. Well, I don't know about you, but um, cold weather always, not only does it amp up my appetite, not that it needs any help, but um, it it just makes me think of things like okay, I want to cook that or I want to eat that. Just it, it, there's certain foods that are they would be comfort foods any time of the year, but they're just really spot on when we get cold like this. So I remember we talked about this a while back when we had the the big freeze in in February of 2021. What is your favorite cold weather comfort food? What is your favorite go to uh, for cold weather? That you like to make that maybe you're, maybe you're making tonight or you made last night. 210-599-5555. Now, um, there's no wrong answer. Uh, but obviously, you know, you would think along the lines of things like, uh, soup, stew, chili, um, things like that. And maybe this is something that you only make when it gets cold or you, you know, or you make it all the time. And maybe it isn't even something you make. Maybe it's just something that you get. 210-599-5555. What is your favorite cold weather comfort food? And I posted a recipe on KTSA.com for Italian, uh, stuffed meatballs. It's a pretty big, it's a, it's a crock pot recipe. Um, and it's pretty basic. I mean, the, the, everything is there, but you basically just, um, you make these pork meatballs and, you insert into the middle of each one of them a little, uh, they sell little mozzarella balls. They look like little pellets or marbles. Um, and I actually don't know what else those are for, but I've, I've, I've used them in these meatballs. You just put it in the center of the meatball. And if it works out, when you cut into the finished product, you have this nice melty cheese thing in the middle of the meatball. But you can actually make it without the cheese in the middle, and it's still very, very good. It's an easy recipe. It's at KTSA.com. But what is your go-to? And it might be um, a family recipe or something you recently learned how to make. 210-599-5555. We're going to talk about some cold weather uh, go-to foods right now. 210 599 5555. I, um, I posted on, uh, Facebook, uh, there was a guy who was at the, uh, Patriots Raiders game. We've talked about this all week, right? The Patriots Raiders game is going to go down not only this season, but, but even perhaps in football history is the most bizarre end to a football game. And, um, 
obviously very hard for Patriot fans. The whole season's been hard for Patriot fans. But anyway, there's a, there's this guy standing there. His name is actually Jerry Edmond. He's a young man. He's wearing his uh, Patriot shirt, and he's amidst all of these, um, you know, Raiders fans. And there's this one woman. She is the most obnoxious human being you've ever seen. She's excited about what's happening, but she's she's heckling him and getting in his face and taunting him and fingers at his eyes and all this stuff, chirping and making these crazy. You can't hear everything she's saying, but you can kind of imagine it. And he just stands there. And the story is that Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, saw this, has reached out to Jerry Edmond, and he will be inviting him to Foxborough when the Patriots host Cincinnati on Saturday, tomorrow. Um, in fact, he'll be his guest at the game, and they're going to do a little recognition of him as well. Because all he does, and it's not that, he, not that you should give a person a medal for this, but all he does is patiently, calmly endure her-ish. And we need more of that. I'm glad he's getting attention. I'm glad this went viral. Not only because she's ridiculous, but because um, this this is what you do. This is how you have to. This is how you have to be. I've had people say, "Well, is it really that big a deal?" I mean, you're supposed to act the way he acts, but it's not to say that people do, right? So good on him. Good on Robert Kraft for recognizing him. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. All right. Um, best cold weather food that you go to when we get this kind of weather. And Steve is on five fifty KTSa. Steve. Merry Christmas. Welcome to the show. Merry Christmas, Jack. Thank you. What's your go-to uh, my, uh, cold weather food? My go-to is Fidel Loco. And uh, mm. there's a couple couple restaurants in town that have it. Um, I like Pete's Taco House off uh, Brooklyn. <clears throat> get a big bowl of Fidel. Uh, they'll put what you want in it. I usually get a scoop of carne asada and then mm-hmm. a scoop of the beans and a scoop of the beans in it. Put a little pico on it, and it's excellent. Very nice. Fideo Loco on the cold weather. Thank you, Steve. Uh, Debbie is on 550 and 107.1 KTSA. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Jack. What is your go-to cold weather dish? Either shrimp corn chowder or salmon corn chowder. Wow. I would not heard of, of corn chowder with shrimp or salmon in it. Is that something you invented, or is that... A family recipe, or? Um, no, if you go to Alaska, you see salmon chowder, so we just sort of modified it to fit for Texas. So we came up with the shrimp version, or mm. if we have salmon and decide not to grill, we'll make salmon chowder. Very nice. Very nice. Um, boy, that does sound good. And you can always pass it off as health food with the salmon, right? You're getting your omega-3 or whatever it is, right? <laughs> Yeah, we always have to tell oh, ourselves know. that, right? Yeah, we can try, but it's got uh, either half and half or butter in it. So <laughs> hey, I'm trying. I'm trying, Debbie. I'm I'm trying not to look I at know. that, but no, I I hear you. No, I that know. sounds that does sound really really good. Thank you for that. Merry Christmas to you, Debbie. Thank you. Um, we have a in my family because half of my family comes from French Canada. Uh, we have a, a recipe that we've had for many many years for salmon pie. And a lot of people wrinkle their face when you say that because they're thinking it's a dessert. It's not. It's a it's a meal. 
It's a uh, it's a it's a dish that combines shredded salmon, mashed potatoes, onions, carrots, peas. You can put anything in there. So you're making sort of a shepherd's pie kind of thing, only with salmon. Pie crust underneath, pie crust on top. Incredible, incredible, great cold weather dish. 210-599-5555. We're going to talk cold weather comfort food. This is not the dish. We will still have the dish uh, after 6 to talk restaurants. Right now, I'm just interested in what you like to throw together and have at your place when the weather gets like this. You know, I'll tell you who cooks a lot, and it's not even the thing he's best known for. Ken Slavin, our good friend Ken Slavin, who's been on our show so many times over the years and was just with us for Rapping with Jack a couple of weeks ago. Uh, besides being a high-powered executive, besides being an incredible jazz crooner, he also cooks, and when he posts the things that he cooks on Facebook, you think you're watching the Food Network. And he's joining us right now on KTSA, because I thought of him. Ken, I thought of you when... When we were going to talk about this, because I know that you really, go, when you when you put together a meal, I mean, you you do an appetizer course, you do sides, dessert, you match the cocktail with it. I'm impressed. Well, thank you, uh, Jack. That is so funny. I I was listening to the managers called in. Chili sounds great. You know, I've never made chili. My my dad used to make it this time of year, but I never mm. have. But I do love to cook, Jack, and I um. It isn't that anything's that fancy. I just kind of like to coordinate it all, and uh, there's certain you know standbys that I that I like to do. But I appreciate your kind words, and and I have so much fun. I've made friends on Facebook just based on the food. Oh, I'll bet you have because I mean even <laughs> even the way you photograph it. Like I, I have to say, I mean, there's a talent to that. Uh, the, even the way you sort of stage or frame the photo, it's very <laughs> it's very appealing. And, and oh, I have to be honest you. with you, it's also very hard to stay on one's diet. If you're friends with Ken Slavin on Facebook, he <laughs> he is kind of a saboteur of your I diet. Am, and I, yes, and I've sabotaged my own. I recently <laughs> uh, I did my Christmas show a couple of nights ago, and I hired uh, my photographer friend Al Caballero to take pictures. And he said, "I'll get these to you right away." And then when I opened them up, I was like, "Oh my gosh." I think maybe no. I'm having a little bit too much of my own home cooking. No. So what comes to mind? <laughs> what's the first thing that comes to mind as a cold weather, like when it's really like this Arctic cold, just is the best thing to make? Well, gosh, a couple of things come to mind, and I did one of them uh, yesterday. I think an old-fashioned uh, pot roast cooked real slow mm. all day, mm. just mm. loaded with you know all kinds of vegetables and potatoes and, you know, just... Uh, I, I, I put it in a, in a uh, slow cooker and, and cook it for like eight or nine hours. Mm-hmm. That with, with crunchy French bread all slathered up with mm-hmm. butter and, um, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness, I, uh, that, that's a hearty meal in itself, yep. you know, delicious. And I also like to make big pots of homemade soup in, the, mm-hmm. in cold weather like this, but, ch- you know, chicken or beef soup with lots of, lots of vegetables and potatoes and stuff in it too. A real hearty broth, you know, also with bread. There's simple things to have and they last a couple of days you know you can get good leftovers from them that is definitely a priority with me if i'm going to make something i I don't want to make it for one sitting or one meal i really love leftovers and it feels more like the time is invested that way like okay it's i'm worth i'll put in the time because i'm going to get more than one dinner out of this and and so i'm with you and and soup is also great for freezing you can freeze it and, and pull it out when you don't feel like cooking and have something that's that's great and homemade 
right out of your freezer. So I'm with you on the I'm with you on the pot roast and the soup. What about are you? And I don't know. People have very strong opinions. Are you uh, somebody that turns your nose up at meatloaf? Oh no, I love an old fashioned meatloaf. I okay. make them frequently. Oh my gosh, that's another food that you can later have as cold meatloaf sandwiches, or you can have, yes. Uh, Why are people? Some people, when you say meatloaf, it's like you're it's like you're talking about prison food or something. I don't know. No, don't it's total that. comfort food. Yeah, you need that with mashed potatoes and gravy and um, yeah, and uh, more crunchy bread with butter. <laughs> I'm noticing a but, pattern uh, here, Ken. <laughs> yeah. But the, Ken says uh, you oh can God, just have anything meatloaf. you want as long as there's crunchy bread and butter. He's he's good with that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think meatloaf is one of the ultimate comfort foods. I also really like, in cold weather, I like chicken and dumplings. Yes, we're getting a lot of mentions of that. Absolutely, yeah. And you, you're being Italian, I'm sure you make some delicious sauces that, um, you know, I do like to make, better. yeah, anytime I can make, well, I'll make, I mean, I'll make tomato sauce all year round, but when this weather, I'll make it spicier because I just think that oh, works. Yeah. Um, yes, I also, I've I mentioned, I, I make these stuffed uh, meatballs that have a little mozzarella ball in the middle of the meatball. That's a crockpot oh, recipe. I want you to teach me how to make those. I would like to make Very those. easy. I've got that on the website. Go to ktsa.com. The recipe's right there. Okay. I will go. And, um, um, I might how about, those for my dinner. A lot of people are mentioning chili. Have you ever had Cincinnati yes. chili? Do you know what that is, Cincinnati chili? No. No, I don't yeah, know what I, that is. I learned about it a number of years ago. I, I'm not from the Midwest, but it's a huge Midwest uh, dish, and it's a kind of chili that is almost like a meat sauce, and it goes over pasta. Oh, delicious. And it's got oh a God, kind of a good. different flavor because it's got, like, uh, cloves and cinnamon in it. So it's Ooh. not like regular chili, and you wouldn't eat it by itself. You have to eat it over something. But Cincinnati chili is a great cold-weather food. Wow, that's a, that's something new to me, and I'm going to – I need to learn how to make uh, my dad's Texas chili first, and then, I'll, then I need to um, I need to try that one. I love to try new stuff, and, you know, gosh, the winter months are the time to just forget diets, just eat and be yes. happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to be putting on a bathing suit anytime soon, so we don't care about that. <laughs> if, if ever, if ever, actually. Oh, no, I, I don't remember the last time I wore a bathing suit. Now- now, the only thing I will ask you, Ken, do you get people yes. who, I mean, I know you get a lot of fan uh, likes and, and comments when you post your meals, but do people mm-hmm. say, well, I want the recipe, and how do you feel about yes. giving the recipe? Oh, yeah, I don't mind doing that. In fact, when I, when I have time, I, I include the recipe with the pictures, but a lot of times I'm just posting something and just don't get the recipe out right away, but a lot of people ask, and I'm perfectly yeah. fine with sharing them. I've shared some of my mother's, too. My, uh, many many years ago, before my mother became ill and and before she passed away, she wrote out all of her recipes and mm-hmm. the recipes mm-hmm. of uh, friends and family members. So we have this unbelievable cookbook. And she didn't mm-hmm. just write out the recipes; she wrote the stories behind all the mm-hmm. things she learned to cook mm-hmm. and all our family traditions. It's an incredible gift she left for us. And uh, I think the only thing better than a family theory. recipe is a family recipe in the original handwriting of the person who made it. Totally. Oh, totally. And I love to look at people's cookbooks like mine that are splattered with the results of trying to There you to go. Cook, you That's know, how like you know they really do it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. Well, Ken, I know you're a busy man. I know this is a busy time of year for everybody. I appreciate your lending your uh, 
cooking chops to us. And again, a big thank you for everything all through the year and, and for rapping with Jack. And I know you had a very successful concert Wednesday night at, at Sam's. So, um, all the best well, to you, you for Christmas. Oh, thank you, Jack. You too. The very best to you. You're a wonderful friend. You do great work on this show. I'm so happy we got to do rapping with Jack in person yes. again this year after yes. such a long, such a long hiatus. And, um, I look forward to talking with you more in the new year. We will do that. Be well, Ken. Take care. Thank you. Ken Slavin, everybody. Uh, friend him on Facebook, and um, you'll be hungry all the time. Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. Mistletoe home where you can see every couple tries to stop. Rocking around the Christmas tree, let the Christmas spirit ring. KTSA, we've got the dish coming up. It's our last dish of the year. We're going to have some uh, guest hosts next week and some other special programming. Uh, so this is our last dish of 2022. Get set to call in and praise or zing your most recent restaurant experience. Um, and if you are going out for New Year's Eve, I want to know where you're going. I, I don't, that didn't come out right. <laughs> I need to know where you're going and what time you'll be home. No, I'm just curious to know if you're, if you're planning, if you've picked a, if you've picked a, um, you know, a restaurant for New Year's Eve, I'm just curious to know which one and maybe other people will be inspired by your choice. So we'll talk restaurants on the dish. That's our, uh, six o'clock hour on Fridays. I got into a conversation with a friend of mine. I was talking to him earlier today. We're about the same age and, uh, somehow we steered on to, um, you know, like, certain Christmas memories when we were kids. And I was telling him that when I, when I was first, the, the earliest Christmases I remember. So I'm like four, five, six years old, thereabouts. My parents had one of those, um, tinsel. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Tinsel or aluminum Christmas trees. You know what I'm talking about, Don? They were silvery metal trees. So the branches weren't green. The pine needles weren't green. They were all silver. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, my grandparents uh, had one, and it came with a spinning uh, wheel or disc, basically, with uh, multi-color. It had a spotlight that went under it. Uh Yeah. So there was a light that that you put on the floor, and then you put this disc over it, and the disc slowly turned so the tree would be uh, tinged with these... I think there's three colors on the wheel or something. I think it was like, like yellow and green and red or something like something that. Something like that, mm-hmm. yeah. Because we all know yellow is such a big Christmas color. Um, <laughs> but anyway, as a kid, I was, I thought this was crazy because when you'd see on television, you'd see like a Christmas special or a television commercial for Christmas. Everybody had these nice green Christmas trees, real trees. You know, my, my friends had, some of them had real trees. And I remember ragging on our, on our tinsel tree. It just looked so fakey. And after a while, I don't, it had nothing to do with my opinion. My parents could have cared less what I thought, but eventually they got a, a, like an artificial green Christmas tree. Probably the other one, probably just got rid of the other one. So years and years later, now I'm like in my thirties 
Come to find out, those tinsel trees became hugely popular. People were paying insane amounts of money. Now, I don't know if this is still true, but there was a period where if you had one of those suckers, you could sell it for just about anything. People wanted them so bad. And that, to me, is funny. I mean, there's just no way to know when something will come back, whether it's a fashion, uh, a look, a haircut, type of music, you know, you, you just, you, you just never know. The Beatles, I mean, you just, you never know. The tinsel tree had its day. Um, and then I was thinking about it, and we, so we were talking about that, and we were laughing about that, and then I started thinking about, like, I can remember when people actually had, um, lawn decorations that were not electric. You would put, like, a Merry Christmas sign or a, uh, a plywood, snowman or something or or santa claus or whatever you know like on your lawn almost everything now is either lit up or people have those generators you know with the inflatable uh santa claus or the inflatable snow globe and you know those look great those do look great the only thing that's kind of weird is like during the day when everybody's at work and you're driving around and all the santa clauses are deflated it always looks like there's been a drive-by shooting right like santa claus looks dead or the reindeer look dead because the gen- people don't run the generator during the day. They only turn it on when they come home at night. Like, yes, Jack, we know that. You don't have to explain that. But I, I thought it was kind of funny the way they look. They look so bad when they're deflated. They look so good when you blow them up. But yeah, there was a time when we actually had Christmas decor that didn't require being plugged in. Um, you remember, you know what's making also a, another comeback is the, I don't, uh, I'm trying to think of what they're called. It's kind of the the plastic blow mode characters like Santa Claus and Snowman. Yes. And they're outdoor decorations. And I I think those are making a comeback. Well, it's funny because there's apparently a very fine line between tired and retro. And so the first time we had these things, we got tired of them. And then now they've become retro. And... Uh, it, this is probably why people hoard, you know, because they're trying to figure out, well, I, what if I get rid of it? And then it, later on, some yahoo wants to give me a thousand dollars for it on eBay. So it's probably why we're hoarding. It's probably why every other new building that gets built is a, is a storage unit. But anyway, just some thoughts about the Christmas decor. <laughs> Well, here we go. It is time for the dish. And before we get to that, I just want to say it was nice to hear uh, Christian and and Merry Christmas to Christian as well. And I know I know you all feel the same way I do. He is a great great addition uh, to our show. We're so glad that he joined our team this year, and we we hope that he and his family stay in San Antonio for a long long time. I, on the other hand, you probably wish would get the hell out of here. Anyway, this hour, we're going to talk restaurants on the dish. It's what we do in the last hour of the last show, uh, the, la- the last hour of the last show of the week. Hopefully not the last show. Uh, but we, we kind of open it up to your most recent restaurant experience. And it could be where you had lunch today. It could be if you're coming back from an early dinner or you went out last night. Or uh, I'm going to tell you about where I went last night. Uh, or maybe you had a uh, a chance to go to a new restaurant, and you're going to let everybody in on that, or one that's new to you. You've discovered it. Um, maybe you went to a restaurant that was a splurge for a special occasion. 
Um, I want to hear about the food, the price, the service, the the atmosphere, whatever you want to praise or zing. I say bah humbug. Mm, look at that. Went right to the Scrooge for that. All right, you can praise or zing any restaurant in or around San Antonio and South Texas on the dish 210-599-5555. By the way, a lot of people tell me I listen to the show, but I never call. I'm not a caller. Calling the dish is really easy. Don't don't psych yourself out about it. It's not like not like you're calling up to have some controversial political argument. You know, we're just talking food. We're talking restaurants. Want to hear your take on it? Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Along the way, we'll scrape together the remaining votes in the JR poll and uh, have the results on that coming up. At the end of the hour, we have some very uh, specially curated sounds of the season coming up this hour, and we'll be remembering more of the music of the great Tom Bell, the songwriter and arranger who passed away uh, last night. We got word of his passing this morning. Really one of the greatest American uh, musicians and music arrangers ever, I think. Uh, Just an absolute genius who made so much great music that so many people have loved and still do for such a long time. Even if you've never heard his name, you've definitely heard his work. So we'll be remembering him as we go along here. 210-599-5555. actually went um, uh, down. <laughs> it's weird to say it this way. I went to Down on Grayson, which is, uh, I don't think it's considered part of the Pearl. It's right on the edge of the Pearl. It's right as you're going into the Pearl 303 East Grayson, and we've had callers on the dish for Down on Grayson over the years. Um, but last night, uh, I, I met a friend of mine who exchanged Christmas presents, and I had something I had not had there before and wouldn't have even thought to get there before because it's a, it's basically like a place for salads, burgers. Um, they have some seafood. I think they have a couple of steaks on the menu. It's a, it's a, it's your basic kind of pearl kind of place, full bar, really good bartenders. Uh, but I had their chicken tortilla soup, and that was really good. I, I I won't say it was the best in town, but it was surprisingly good for a place that doesn't really advertise it or isn't really known for it. And on a cold night, that just seemed like the right thing to do, and it was a great choice. I had the uh, bowl of it, and it was excellent. So if you're ever down there in the Pearl, like if you were to go down there in this kind of weather, You'd want some of that chicken tortilla soup rattling around inside of you. Uh, 210-599-5555 on the dish as we take your calls and uh, talk about all manner of things regarding restaurants. We're going to start with Daniel on KTSA. Merry Christmas, Daniel. Welcome to the show. Merry Christmas, Jack. You know, you're mentioning um, like New Year's meal or something like that, New Year's dinner. I usually like to go somewhere really nice. I love Ruth Chris or Morton's. I just Mm -hmm. think the steaks are wonderful at both places. Mm -hmm. Um, We've also done actually the buffet at the Hilton um, that they'll have on Christmas on New Year's Eve, and that's usually really nice. Which Hilton Um, are you? Which which Hilton is it? The Placio del Rio. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I have been to that. That is nice. And you can see the fireworks right there when they have them, and it's just a wonderful like a five-course meal and stuff. But um, those are some nice places I like to go to, and I really enjoy the food there. All those Absolutely. Places. Have you made a decision for this New Year's Eve? No, I haven't. I'm behind the times. I wish I would have made uh, reservations for the tower. I've had... It's amazing. 
Yeah, no, that's, that's a cool place to be because you can see all the fireworks. Uh, Daniel, sounds like you're getting another call, so we'll let you grab that. Thank you for calling. Yeah, praise for Ruth's Chris. Uh, 210-599-5555. You know, when people mention Ruth's Chris and Morton's, and I'm not putting them down, I like both of them, uh, but right up there for me is Bohannon's and The Palm. And it seems like they're not as top of mind for people, and I wish they were. I wish they those got an equal billing, because I think they're just as good. Uh, they're both on Houston and um, right up there for me. And then, to tell you the truth, uh, and it's not really a place that is known for steak, but if if you like that kind of experience that you would get at a, you know, a Bohannon's or a, a Ruth's Chris, I also think Silo is really good. I, I've had I've had incredible steaks at Silo, and that is a great if you're looking for a New Year's Eve or a special occasion kind of place. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. As we talk restaurants on the dish, you can talk about where you've been, but you can also tell us if you've got plans for New Year's Eve, uh, where you're going to be, and why you picked uh, that locale. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Mike is on the dish on KTSA. Merry Christmas, Mike. Merry Christmas to you, Jack. And uh, funny you mentioned Bohannon's because that is maybe my favorite. High-end restaurant that I've been to in San Antonio. Oh, it's day. such a treat to go there, yeah. Yeah. So I'm calling about Antler's Lodge, which is at the Hyatt Hill Country. This is a special occasion. My wife and I oh, go yeah, yeah. dinner for our anniversary every year, but I'm going to sing it. Um, just wasn't a great experience overall. Um, they, they have some, they have an interesting menu because it's not your typical. They have steaks and stuff, but they have some uh game. They have antelope dish. It's supposed to be good. But I had the elk loin, which was good. Um, my wife had a filet, but they put so much seasoning salt. It was so extremely salty. Um, and we told them they ended up popping our wine, and I'm not like that at all, but just the, the experience wasn't great. Um, interesting place, but for anniversary, I just I was just not that impressed with it. Um, yeah, you know, when you're having a special occasion, it, getting a comp or something doesn't doesn't mean as much because you can only have that occasion once, right? I mean, that's it. Well, we, they sat us at a table, and it was vibrating because they had golf carts underneath it uh, that they were charging. And I'm looking, and there's butter knife on the plate, and it was vibrating. I'm like, am I losing my wow. mind here? And I hadn't, wow. I hadn't drank anything yet. so And so we moved. <laughs> it was just, you know... Uh, and I'll mention to you asked about, but see, I'm, I'm going to have to ding it, unfortunately. Uh, you asked about New Year's Eve. I know you're yeah. a big college football fan. Yeah. That's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be watching. Oh, the hey, listen, games. that's that's the way to do it. No, you're right to do that. There's going to be two fantastic games, and you're right. You're going to yeah. be in exactly the right place. But um, yeah, I'm yeah, sure that happened on your. What, what, by the way, what anniversary were you celebrating? Which one was it? Five years. Else. Five years. Well, happy yeah. five year anniversary, not and I hope marriage, not our first marriage, but yeah, you know, no, I hope the uh, I hope in the sixth year the San Antonio. So, you know, thank you for the show and the voice you bring and, and what you do for the community. For rapping with Jack, I know you you uh, you focus on it yourself, um, but you are really a blessing to our community, and and I certainly get a lot out of your insight oh. and what you do. Well. Fantastic show. Listen as much as I can. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. That's very kind, Mike. Thank you very much. I hope you have a Merry Christmas and a great New Year and a, and a happy uh, belated anniversary, too. That's very kind of you. Thank you. So a zing for Antler's Lodge at the Hyatt Hill Country. 
Uh, that vibrating table, that's wild. I never heard of that before. I still don't I'm sure I understand the science of, of why the charging golf carts. <laughs> but, I mean, as long as they knew the reason, I guess that's what matters. If they, if they didn't know why it was vibrating, then you'd really have a problem. The jingle bells are jingling. The streets are white with snow. The happy crowds are mingling. But there's no one that I know I'm sure that you'll forgive me If I don't enthuse I guess I've got the Christmas blues I've done my window shopping There's not a store I've missed But what's the use of stopping When there's no one on your list You'll know the way I'm feeling When you love and you lose I guess I've got the Christmas Dean Martin has so many good Christmas songs, but i got to be honest with you, that is my favorite. Um, it's just such a good version of that song. And it's in a... It's actually... I always think of the movie. It's in L.A. Confidential, which is my favorite movie, and it, it really like fits the scene perfectly. I don't know what possessed them to pick this out of obscurity and put it in a movie that came out in the 90s, but it's a great scene, a perfectly chosen song. And it's funny how certain movies become synonymous with a song, even though the song long predates, is much older than uh, the movie that does that. So, 210-599-5555 as we... Talk restaurants on the dish, and we get to the results on the JR poll uh, coming up as well. Uh, so praise or zing your most recent restaurant experience, or if you want to preview where you're going to be uh, ringing in the new year. And Michael is on KTSA on the dish. Merry Christmas, Michael. Merry Christmas. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, I was listening, and thank you for taking my call. And all sure. the guys are talking about the prime steakhouses in the area. Yeah, Those are all great. I have no complaints mm-hmm. about any of those. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just that most of those are franchises, and I tend mm-hmm. to concentrate on restaurants that are privately owned. And mm-hmm. one in New Braunfels, I think, is one of the best steakhouses, and that's Myron's Prime Steakhouse. Oh, I that is great. Everybody, everybody get up there and check it out. It's in an old theater, and... They say there's a friendly ghost that runs around upstairs. So I, I brag on those guys all the time. They have the best cocktails. I think they have some of the best steaks. And it's a privately owned business, and I absolutely love them. Um, I'm totally with you. 136 Castell Street uh, in New Braunfels. Yeah. We've had we've had tons of calls uh, going back many many years. Do you know, uh, Michael? I don't mean to put you on the spot. Do you know if okay. the one that that they opened they opened one uh, on Northwest Military, is that one still there? Do you know? I think it is, but personally, for me, that restaurant in New Braunfels is the reason I live in that town. Uh, I know the owner, of course. Maybe that's I'm bragging on him a little bit, but I think the restaurant is great. I've been to some yeah. of the best steakhouses in the country, and yep. this is one of my favorites. It really is. No, you're 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 right on point about that. And I have had other people say to me, "Yeah, the vibe is different. The 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 look, the layout of the one." On uh, Northwest Military is not the same. You really have to go to the original one uh, in New Braunfels. Totally with you. Very good taste, Michael. Thank you. Praise for Myron's. Uh, it's called Myron's Prime. 
Steakhouse, 136 Castell Street, New Braunfels. I'm looking here back to 2008. Uh, almost all praised calls and lots and lots of them. And the one the one old military that? is still open as well. This is still there, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and it's good. Um, I will say, if you ever go to the one in New Braunfels and then you go to the one on Northwest Military, I think you'll probably like the New Braunfels one better. It just feels like a steakhouse. It's got the, got the you know the the woodsy decor and the you know just kind of the warmth. Uh, the one on Northwest Military is kind of modern. You know, it's different. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. As we talk restaurants of all kinds uh, on the dish, we we have had a lot of steakhouse uh, calls, and I guess that's partly because of uh, New Year's Eve right around the corner. Uh, Terry is next on KTSa. Terry, welcome to the show, and Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas to you, Jack. Can you believe another year is coming down? Uh, barely, Jack. Uh, Black Bear Restaurant on Military, Southeast Military. My wife and I have tried this place about three times. And, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be honest, last Friday night we uh, we were there and I went in for the fit, catfish. And unfortunately, at 7 o'clock, they were already out of it. And uh, But what I noticed while sitting there waiting for another entree was the dirtiness and the way the, the they just rake the food off on the floor. I'm not saying all of it, but too much of it. Uh, my table, they left it wet when they wiped it down. I took a napkin and wiped it off, and it really was disgusting about how dirty the table was. Wow. But what really what really irritates me the most is I've spoken to the manager there uh, after my visits, and unfortunately, all of there is is a bunch of excuses. Well... You know, that, they're like other things in life. But, you know, there's no doubt they've probably got a good product, but the leadership is where it starts. But when you got a manager raking food in the floor and Mm-mm. nobody wants to sit in that stuff. Right. You know, right. And, they're not, and they're not cheap. You know, a lot of people I've read on uh, Facebook reviews about, you know, how good people find it, but the food is not cheap. And yeah. It's, uh, I've had their chicken fried steak there. It was it was a frozen patty, and you know in South Texas we don't do frozen chicken fried steak. Right. You know, and it just uh, but uh, it, it, and it's a shame because they've got a lot of money invested in there in a prime mm-hmm. location. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I think uh, I know it's yeah, a national I, chain that's expanding, and it sounds like maybe they just need a better leadership you know, group here, right? Like, they need to get their act together here, because obviously it's on its way up. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I shared with the manager the other day. It may take you two years to uh, lose it, but eventually people, particularly on Southeast Military, they're not going to support you forever right. with right. dirty dirty tables and dirty food. And, right. I mean, dirty, and the food was cold. You know, fish, yeah. my wife had the cod. You couldn't even break it with a fork. Mm-mm, and, not uh, good. That, and that was their special of the night. So you would yeah. be hot and fresh. Right. But no, right. it just... Uh, oh, man. But again, uh, yes, you're right. They're a West Coast chain, and unfortunately, it's just not uh, It's not good here in... Uh, yeah. You know, in San Antonio. Well, I hope they, so I hope they pull it together. Yeah, I yeah. hope they pull it together. Uh, Terry, I appreciate yeah, your call, sir, and I'm sorry that happened. Family. Oh, thank you. Merry Same Christmas. to you. 
you know, how old's your daughter now? She's 17, going on 30. No, I remember when she was born. That's, uh, <laughs> I've been following you for many years. Can you believe it? Still, Can you still, believe it? No, I can't. No, I, I can't, can't believe Jack. It. But, uh, but I also remember the wear pair. You know, they, uh, they, they've been around a long time. Yeah. Merry Christmas to you and your Merry family, Christmas. and thank you for thank what you. you do. Right back at you, Terry. Thank you. All right, so a zing for... Black, we just had a praise about a month ago, but this time a zing for Black Bear Diner, 2707 Southeast Military Drive. I say bah, humbug. There you go, 210-599-5555. It's like we're in a Verizon commercial. Uh, Steve is on the dish on KTSA. Steve, Merry Christmas. Welcome to the show. Merry Christmas, Jack. Uh, I've got a call, uh, call in on Perry Steakhouse at Lock and Terra. The show oh, yeah. Lock and Terra. Yeah. Uh, my daughter graduated from UTSA last Tuesday, and uh, she picked the place. Uh, she picked it because of the ambiance and the, we could get a round table for seven people. And mm-hmm. the food was fabulous. I had the 14-ounce uh, strip, prime. It was excellent. Uh, my son had that seven-finger chop that they carve at the table. And uh, I guess they call it the button. They cut off the top of it. It tasted like Christmas. The service was phenomenal. Um, they've got a lot of signature drinks. They've got something called the Straight Paloma, which is made with George Strait's tequila. And uh, But overall, just a wonderful experience and a, a great restaurant. First time yeah. I've ever been there. Yeah, I, I still have yet to try. I know there's a few of them around, and I still have yet to try Perry's, but this was the one at La Cantera, right? Yes, sir. And it, very it was good. Uh, very nice. Very nice. And and like I said, service was outstanding. Congratulations to your daughter, too. What is she going to do now? Well, she's going to get a job. You know, like everyone says, <laughs> when, when she graduated, you know, are you going to get your master's? She goes, I'm done with school. I've been going. Good. Oh, I'm, I'm glad to hear somebody say that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, she got a degree in physics and, uh, Boeing's hiring uh, there in San Antonio, so there's a good chance she can get on there. Oh, fantastic. Very nice. Well, congratulations to her. Merry Christmas to you, Steve. Thank you for calling, and, and, and thank you for the – thank you, sir. Praise for Perry's Steakhouse at La Cantera. Special occasion place. Dominus tecum 
seconds. Then Half hour, we'll have more of your calls on the dish, and we'll have the results on the JR poll as well. And we've been remembering uh, tonight the uh, incredible uh, music of a songwriter and arranger and master musician named Tom Bell, who passed away at the age of 79. And I, I, I couldn't let this go by because it's one thing when a big star who sings the songs passes. Everybody recognizes the greatness. But the, these are the p- people like Tom Bell are the people who make the great stars sound uh, the way they do. This is a, a man who was born in Jamaica. His parents moved to this country when he was very young. He became a musical prodigy at a very young age. They say he could play the piano when he was four. Um, he taught himself a number of other instruments. But he was never interested in rock and roll. As a kid, he just loved the sound of the, the Great American Songbook and people like Burt Bacharach. And um, as a young black man, uh, more than once, he said, people tried to tell him that the music he was writing and the music he was listening to wasn't music for black people. And he said, why would I limit myself uh, to people, uh, to black people? He says, I make music for all people. I wouldn't care what they looked like or who they were or if they had a horn in their head. Um, and his talent led him to become a uh, in-house arranger at a company called Philadelphia International and that was the the record label that really had all the Philly soul uh sounds and uh and artists. I think we played the Delphonics uh earlier. Uh here's one that he arranged for the legendary Spinners, cut number 10. <laughs> And it was funny because time and time again, whether it was the Delphonics or the Spinners or Dionne Warwick, once these artists started working with Tom Bell, their audience, their fan base widened. More people, more kinds of radio stations played their music. And one of the things he was known for, which was considered very unorthodox, was before he would work with any artist, he would interview them. Because he said, I need to know what what they're really about uh, and what's inside of them. He he interviewed Johnny Mathis before he produced a Johnny Mathis album uh, in the mid-'70s for Columbia Records. And, and Mathis later said no one had ever talked to him uh, or really asked him what he wanted the way Tom Bell did. And that album uh, that he arranged and produced for, for Johnny Mathis was a game-changer, was a career-changer uh, for Mathis. Um, I remember... And I don't think we, I don't think I picked this one out for you to play, Don, but I remember one of the, one of the first times I really appreciated what a genius Tom Bell was, was he arranged a song, just one, uh, in a session with Elton John in, uh, again, the mid seventies. And it, it was not a hit for Elton John at the time that he did it. It's a song called Are You Ready for Love? Most people have never heard of it. Um, but they used it on a television ad about 20 years ago, and it became such a sensation that the song went up the charts, and this was decades after it had been recorded. And you think about Elton John and the great career he's had, and he's worked with everybody, 
But Tom Bell got a sound out of Elton John that you'd never heard before. It's, it just made him sound different. And if you ever get a chance to Google it or check it out, it's a song called Are You Ready for Love? Tom Bell arranging it uh, for Elton John. But again, artist after artist uh, finding the real sound and pulling it out. Here's one from the stylistics in the mid-'70s, cut number 11. There it is. To me, Tom Bell songs still sound fresh, and that's why they're still in movies and television shows and commercials uh, right up to the present day. All his life, he uh, abstained from uh, alcohol and drugs, and he said in an interview one time, I never wanted to embarrass my mother. Well, I think he went way beyond that, and we'll miss him, but we have his music uh, that he's left behind. Tom Bell was 79 years old. Imagine how that was not a number one hit for Elton John. He recorded it in 1977, and it really went nowhere until it was in a television commercial, I think about 20 years ago. That's it. Are you ready for love? Uh, and you think about how great Elton John always sounds, but that's just a different sound. 210-599-5555. Thank you for finding that, Don. Very nice. Um, we're talking restaurants on the dish, and we've got more of your calls coming up on that. We're going to see how you voted on the JR poll. Just minutes from right now. Karen is next on the dish on KTSA and Merry Christmas Karen, welcome to the show. Well, thanks. Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for all the That's very interesting about Tom Bell. I never knew who he was. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I just have to call this place out because it it's been around for a long time and it's just the it's the best Chinese. It's Mencius Hunan, I think it's called, we call it Mencius, I think it's called Hunan Gourmet or something like mm-hmm. that, but it's on Fredericksburg Road, I think that, I think it would be listed as Fredericksburg, maybe, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Rock, I'm not sure. But no, it's 7959 anyway, uh, Fredericksburg, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I've been going there for many years, and we go a couple of times a month, we take my dad, he loves that, he just loves it, and... Uh, I mean, generous portions. It's always delicious, um, good service, and it's just it's just great. Good takeout, mm-hmm. you know. I just uh, very very good. It, it has really been there a long. I mean, it's been there as long as I've lived in San Antonio. It has really been there a long, long time. And you're you're right. Yeah. It's it's kind of a cut above most other Chinese restaurants, and yet it doesn't really. I don't know if it's the location or or just that it's been around a long time. It really doesn't get the the credit it deserves. Well, it's tremendous, and um, 
we've tried a number of dishes, and they're just great. So um, anyway, if you haven't been there in a while, sure is a great place to go. Very good. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, absolutely. We haven't had a call since August of 2020 on this place, so very good. Karen, thank you so much for that. Mencius Gourmet Hunan Restaurant, 7959 Fredericksburg Road. On the dish, 210-599-5555. Um, I mean, there's a lot of good Chinese restaurants, but, you know, this is like one of those great, you're going to love everything you have when you go there kind of Chinese restaurants. There's only a few of those, in my opinion, my humble opinion. It's about a 40-year-old recording of the Vienna Boys Choir, so they're not boys anymore, those those boys. But anyway, a beautiful version of Little Drummer Boy, which we'll hear more of here in just a moment. Um, on the JR poll, we asked you tonight, are you a yes or no on gingerbread? Because there are a lot of people that claim they hate it or do hate it. And 68% said yes to gingerbread. 32% said no, thank you. I'll pass. I can't say a new JR poll on Monday because I won't be here, but we will be uh, having some great uh, guest hosts uh, next week and some special programming, and uh, I'll be back um, on Tuesday the 3rd. Um, and in the meantime, of course, we also have the podcasts available on demand to you, including if you missed last night's uh, Worst Christmas Song Countdown, that's part of the podcast of yesterday's show, and you can check that out on demand at ktsa.com. And before I run out of time, we're going to go back to your calls here, but I just want to quickly uh, say a special thank you to a guy I don't mention often enough, but who is uh, right like right at my side virtually uh, doing this show, our producer, Don Cooper. Um, I am fortunate to have him. He's one of the most experienced and talented uh, producers in radio. And he's also a really good friend, so I get to work with a really good friend, and it's like having a partnership. Some shows have a co-host, uh, but I think I have something even better. So, Don, thank you to everything you do and, and for you and for your friendship, and I just thought people should know. And thank you for all that you do, and uh, Merry Christmas, and, uh, of yeah. course, uh, enjoy your time uh, away, and um, just be safe and uh, be happy. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It's, that's what we have to do. And and, and um, I know people are going to be unwrapping presents and uh, what have you in the next few days. Um, I have to say, and I know you hear people say all the time, oh, I don't want anything for Christmas. And I'm one of those people. I really don't want anything or need anything because I feel like um, I have the best friends uh, a person could possibly have. I get to do what I love to do, and I've been able to do it for a long, for, for a lifetime, really. Um, so I, I can truly say um, I've already unwrapped and received uh, 
uh, the best things, um, and I'm grateful for them. And, and yeah, I will miss uh, being here, but um, as the old country music song once said, how can I miss you if you never go away? So that having been said, uh, let's get to a couple more here on The Dish and get to J.C. on KTSA. Uh, J.C., Merry Christmas. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. Yes, Merry Christmas, Jack. Thanks for taking my call. And uh, two Fridays ago, I called in the dish to give major props to Julian's Pizzeria on West right. Avenue. And then you said, hey, next time you go, you've got to try the eggplant parmesan. Yes, I remember that. So it said, and I said, you know what? I'm going to do that, and I'm going to follow up with a callback and tell you how it was. Well, the next night, that Saturday, I took my wife, my kiddo, and my parents to Julian's on West Avenue. I went and ordered. I said, hey, Jack McCarty said, I need to try the eggplant parmesan i had it it was fantastic mm. it, it, it was awesome so and i said you know what i'm ready to call him back and just say how great it was thank you for the recommendation and i'm gonna go back and get it again oh good <laughs> for you yeah no that's that is good stuff it's hard for me not to get the pizza there it, it's 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 difficult oh. to not get it but it's but if i'm good. not gonna get it then i want that eggplant parmesan Yes, sir. It was great. Thank you for the recommendation. And again, I want to wish you, you guys and your families a Merry Christmas and oh. thanks for doing what y'all do. And God bless y'all. God bless you too. Thank you, JC. Appreciate that. Praise for Julian's and the eggplant parmesan. 210 599 And Kirk is on KTSA. Merry Christmas, Kirk. Hey, Merry Christmas, Jack. Hey, before I get to it, let me just tell you something. Here at Being an Engineer, and I've been listening, to, I've been here 22 years. And I like your station. I like listening to you because you cover a lot of the local stuff. A lot of other stations do national and state stuff. But I like that, uh, and I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jack. I really well, do. Thank, thank you. you very much. Thank you. And the other thing was I went to Piranhas over at the uh, quarry. Right? Oh, the yeah. Place, not fancy, but the small place. And me and a buddy of mine sat there just uh, yesterday for around lunchtime, the small plates were great. We had a thing called octopus balls, which was very good, by the way. And uh, the drinks were good. I mean, they made a nice martini. It was just, it was a very pleasant experience and very nice. So if everybody gets a chance to go there, don't it's not fancy or anything. It's just in the service. They they were just so happy. They were very, very, very amicable. I mean, they were just nice people. So yeah, and really- I'm, I'm, so it's so eerie that you're mentioning this because I was just talking about Piranha to to the guy I was having dinner with yesterday um, because I love that place and I'm not a sushi expert or aficionado, but I like the food there a lot. It's it's in Quarry Village. It's across the street from the Quarry Marketplace, and uh, I think it's next to a is it next to a Five Guys? I think. Yeah, that's just uh, two doors up from it, right? Yeah, a couple of doors. Um, that is a very cool place, and yeah, everything I've ever had there was incredible. Really, really good. If you like sushi and and that kind of thing, so uh, Kirk, I think you're right on the money about that one. It's 260 East Bassey Road, uh, which is Quarry Village, across from Quarry Market. Yeah, good place. Uh, kind of off the beaten path, or a little kind of hard to see from Bassey Road, but it's it's in there. You'll find it. Um, yeah, so thank you to everybody that called on the dish. Thank you for all of our dish callers all throughout the year. We'll bring the dish back in early uh, January on Friday nights in our 6 o'clock hour. Um, and again, a big thank you to you for listening because we couldn't do this and we wouldn't do this if it wasn't for you. So appreciate you, uh, especially, I guess, now that people have more and more you know, things to put in their ear than ever before. I, when I got into radio, you were just competing with other radio stations, but there's so many things that you can spend time with and listen to and, 
and make part of your daily routine. It's, it is an honor to be in that mix, and, and thank you for doing that. We're going to leave you tonight with more of that uh, Vienna Boys Choir recording, which is just an iconic uh, rendition of, of the song, and wish you and your family a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and peace and health, and come back and see us in January. Good night, everybody.